0: The 101.5 Yacht Rock Podcast. <laughs> nice. I, br- I bring you Case Aiken from the Men of Steel podcast as guest host today. Case, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing
1: just great, guys. This is uh, some easy listening, some easy viewing, some positive vibes going out to the world.
0: <laughs> and we have the professional optimist today, Jesse Fresco. <laughs> Everything's, right, can being, die.
2: everything's being flipped on its ear. It's the darkest timeline, <laughs> or the brightest right? timeline, whichever way you want to look at it.
0: Depends on if you're looking from the top or the bottom. Oh. Um, today, we are here to cover a request from Mr. Fresco. Mm-hmm. Uh, d- do you want to do you want to set us up for, for what's going down today?
2: Uh, well, we were supposed to do this last week, and there was some schedule conflict, so we couldn't do it. Uh, I got fired. <laughs> Seth got fired. Yeah, So, but you're doing uh, better now. It was actually a sign from the, sign from the gods above that uh, yes. you were actually meant to do so, because your company That's is a right giant fucking piece of shit. Why don't you go ahead and rant and run them into the ground? Please, by all means, go right ahead.
0: Hey, listen, if you are a company and you tell people that they're part of a family, and then after 10 years there, they exit, you treat them like a piece of shit, you were lying the whole time. Yeah. And, uh, Listen, dishonor on you, on your family, and on your cow. That's how I feel.
2: May a pox be upon your family. So, today we are here to talk about something that just had its 20th anniversary. Again, we were supposed to do this last Friday, which was literally the 20th anniversary. Had some schedule conflicts, and so now we're talking about the reimagined Battlestar Galactica, which aired 20 years ago on NBC on two nights. It was uh, The miniseries was... Three hours long, and uh, it launched a series that spanned four seasons. Technically, they say it's five seasons, <laughs> so they can get so they can get syndication, uh, right? So they split the last season in half, um, and so uh, it spawned this massive series that runs really great for a while, and then peters off and tanks at the last season. But we're not going to talk about that. We're just talking about the miniseries today. Wait,
0: wait, are you talking about Game of Thrones? What 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 was the topic again today? God, <laughs> based it, on
2: there, there are crossovers between this and Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> oh man! And, uh, so yeah, we brought in Case Aiken once again. Back, what you're all standby. Because uh, I suggested this, and you said that you'd be interested in talking about this. Okay, so oh, what's yeah. your history with uh, Battlestar Galactica? How did you get into this series?
1: Uh, well, well, first off, I I should say that uh, for all our oh. joking aside at the at the beginning, um, this is not like well, it's an enjoyable piece. This is not yacht rock of movies we, we were just talking no. about the genre and how it would equate for film and no this is not this is very much like post 9-11 let's be sad uh it's great well, yeah boy, isn't it yeah it's great yeah. post 9 let's be sad like let's be clear about that one so uh yeah so uh, i think we're all kind of like 80s 80s 90s babies here and like uh in, ter- in terms of uh of my appreciation for sci-fi a lot of ways is the birth of the sci-fi channel and so mm. at the time it was just hungry for anything science fiction in uh, anything it could get the rights to. So I definitely watched a bunch of the OG Battlestar Galactica. Mm. Um, It wasn't a show that was on in any regularity where I was like clear on what episode order I was watching it in or like where in the story I was, I was like, you know, dipping in and like at some point there was like some kind of like primer special that was like, here's, here's the, what you need to know kind of thing Mm. that ran. And I, so I was like, pretty familiar with Battlestar before this show came out um and I was curious when it when, when it was coming out now I didn't watch it when it launched uh it was sort of in this like black hole of when I was in college and like it was just hard for me to like watch like live TV at the time
0: oh yeah yeah, yeah. dude we're spoiled by the internet
2: today
1: holy shit, yeah right?
2: <laughs> seasonal dumps have spoiled all of us
1: <laughs> yeah so this was around the time where like I I jumped in in season two of the show. Uh, and mm. then immediately bought the DVD. So really like my, my, uh, m- my experience of it was really much more uh, actually when, right after I graduated college, like uh, when I was like waiting tables and I like had just like a shitload of free time. Cause I hadn't figured out what my life was at that point. Not, not that I have now, no. but at the time I I had no idea. <laughs> uh, and so with a wife I, and I, I, a kid still hasn't figured it out. Well, yeah, <laughs> I'm still well,
2: figuring it out. I don't know. Some
1: yeah. <laughs> but but certainly at the time i I had zero clue and and so this was like kind of a revelatory thing to have like just because i had these big chunks of time you know i'd get home Mm. and i could you know i was working late so like my my schedule was all messed up and so i i I dove into the series and I, i loved season one and two and uh season three and four have highs and lows for me even the finale yeah. has has big highs in it uh looks it,
2: amazing it, holy shit that last battle is great a lot a lot
1: of amazing stuff going wow. on wow and what what's great is even in the finale we are still getting things that this show and this mini series specifically really brings into sci-fi because yeah in addition to, like while i missed when this came out like on TV, it's part of a lineage of sci-fi stuff. Uh, this yep. like whole Canadian, uh, shot, uh, realistic physics kind of sci-fi that yeah. was, had firefly right before it, which I did watch, yep. uh, although also staggered, but that was like my senior year of college DVDs. Yep. Um, and then, like before, that space above and beyond, which I watched the shit out of when it was on TV because I was in high school and a nerd. And like, yeah, man, like that was a great series yeah. for that. And there was uh, also
2: like Stargate was going out at the same time, and Far sure, yeah. was going on. There was tons of
1: sci-fi going on. Yeah, Deep Space Nine was like my going to bed show through, throughout. It was like Deep Space Nine and Frasier, and then go to sleep every night. Uh, like my senior <laughs> year of high school, like it was. Ooh great Ooh. yeah it, like it, it it was just like this wonderful time to be a to be a nerd and, uh it, you know like battle on five so a lot of the lineage going into it and i was intimately familiar with what this is arguably a a counterpiece to which is star trek voyager uh yeah mm-hmm. yeah which mm-hmm. we'll, we'll definitely talk about uh but what this what this does in a way for sci-fi that no other piece before has. And I was just um, amazed by is to have the Battlestar be a Battlestar to like, while it is a, while like it is an aircraft carrier, it is a battleship. And it is a ship that will take a beating and like, like there's an impact for the people inside and it's got guns. And you know what? That is different from the original. And that is different from most sci-fi. Like, yeah, sure. You've got the enterprise and it'll have a face off, but it's like a beam coming out of a saucer. It's not just like like a wall of cannons just popping up out of nowhere and having like shells and a blade of armor. Like we are talking about all the dreams that they had for enterprise. um, All the dreams that they had for Voyager this show actually realized in a, in a very real way. Uh, and it was f- just fantastic. And I immediately absorbed it and loved it uh, and, and, you know, was caught up in time for season three and four and experienced it all. And, and even with the sour taste of, of the finale, which I, like I said, has pros and cons to it. Um, I, I love it. And it's, I, I want to talk about it always. Cool. Yeah. Sorry. My
2: camera. Died for like episode. Oh, okay,
0: I we I wasn't sure if you were aware, and so
1: like no, I, you heard, just I, heard came in... I
2: heard everything. My camera just crapped out. I don't, it was it's it probably just like a hiccup in my internet or something. Yeah, but, uh, that would have been the sure. perfect cover
1: of like I intentionally like finished my point, and like when you were back, and it was like a good spot, and then like and then okay, I cool. Leave. Like if, if that was an ad lib, like not not to you know he preys on it, but if you Ronald Reagan the situation, like I would have been so impressed. <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> oh god but yeah <laughs> mr
0: Gorbachev.
1: oh god yeah so i didn't see the uh, game but I, well i was just able to describe it to everyone <laughs> <laughs> oh, god. so yeah i saw this
2: back uh when i was in college i was just like you know I, I i did not have a good time in my first year of college i was very lonely and depressed i hated it and mm. i was just, like finding anything i could do just like to keep my mind occupied while i was doing classes Incredibly and, uh,
1: familiar situation. Yeah. yeah. And
2: yeah. Uh, I just stumbled across like an episode on Sci-Fi Channel. I think it was episode, it was in the third season. It was the new Caprica storyline where they try to colonize a random planet and they try to build a new world. Just like, you know, fuck Earth. We're just going to just stay here. We we found a place we can live. Let's try it here. It's good enough. And it's good enough. It's, it's just barely good enough. And then uh, I think it's the moment when the Galactica jumps into the atmosphere and is just dropping like a rock. Oh like, yeah. That was my first exposure. I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. Is that's, yeah. A good, that's a good That's a good sequence. The, oh, it's a whole seat that whole like arc of four episodes is fucking great, man. It's great. It's mm-hmm. like straight up occupation of Iraq. You know, they switch the roles. The Americans are the, are Iraq and uh no the uh the Americans are the Cylons and yeah. the uh the, the uh all the humans are now the people of Iraq. They they completely mm. switch the roles. And it completely wow. works. Yeah, it's really good. And, um, yeah, that was my first exposure. I was like, what is this? So I went out to Best Buy, got the miniseries. They had it on DVD, and I still got it. And I went back to my dorm room, and I watched it. I immediately went back out to Best Buy and bought the first two seasons.
1: <laughs> and I just wow. started binging.
2: I was like, this is awesome. This is so good. Yeah, Were you mad that when you season.
1: realized that the first season came with the miniseries? Yes, I
2: was. <laughs> <laughs> But, I, you know, now I can see it's a collector's item or whatever. I have everything, you know, even the right. bad stuff like the miniseries, The Plan, which is dog shit. Oh, know, God. So that
1: people. was what was nobody that? likes The Plan. Nobody
2: <laughs> likes The Plan.
1: <laughs> Seth, like I said, if you ever... I can champion the finale. The Plan. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Seth, if you ever
2: finish this series, do not watch The Plan. Deal. It, okay. It undoes everything. All the mystery from the first two seasons gone they explain it like there's one character that shows up in like episode six he's like six degrees separation where baltor gets accused of um spying on uh the humans and is like caught in the computer room on on caprica and it's a character played by caprica six and uh she uh tries she's playing a different character and she accuses him and he's like he's like no she's lying she's making this up and by the end of the episode, she just disappears, and Baltar has been absolved of his crimes. It's apparently a fake video, but her glasses are still on the CIC table. It's like, so was she real or was she not real? The plan says there's an extra scene afterwards, that just says, oh, she just got chucked out in her lock. No, she's gone. No, it's fine. Wow.
1: Okay. They just undid I mean, everything. <laughs> Every
2: moment of mystery in the first season, gone.
1: Yeah. Wow. And, and it's such a misnomer because it's called the plan when really there it's is
2: like, no plan.
1: Yeah. It, it's a revelation that there is none. Okay. which is
2: a revelation of the writing staff that there was no plan.
1: <laughs> they didn't know
2: what they were doing. an admittance of guilt. Oh, no. Admittance <laughs> of guilt. Yeah. But we're not talking about the rest of the series. We'll probably jump into the rest of it later on. For right now, I want to stick with the miniseries. Seth, you just watched this for the first time after my insistence you needed to watch it. What were your yes. thoughts? Yes.
0: Yeah, okay, so um, I, I, I was, like, vaguely familiar with it. Uh, my brother is a, a big Battlestar fan. He and our, like, next-door neighbor growing up were into it at, at the same time as you guys were here as it was coming out kind of uh, around their, like, you know, high school and college age. So, like, I was kind of tangentially familiar, but I had never given it, like, the, the full go. And so getting into it, I was a little shell-shocked like I'm, I I'm realizing like how soft Star Trek and even Star Wars can be yep. as like flagship cinema. When like you guys are describing the the Battlestar is a it's like a warlike human species in space. Yeah. Not not as not as like a, a dumbed down thing, but or a critique of it. But like it's no. designed
2: for combat, nothing more. We mm-hmm. we
0: fucking do space combat. Like just take that seriously, and so. I was I was not re- I, like I was I was going in expecting more of a like uh kind of character archetype driven thing and was instead like oh shit people are just dropping okay people are dying okay never wait a second and like I'm I'm running to catch up and and I that was kind of the charm for me was the way I felt like I was thrown into a battle that was too big for me like mm-hmm. I felt like I really you can really associate with the characters in in recognizing that this world is just so infinitely bigger than them. Even though the situation is like small by the end of it, it's a single, shri- a single ship that's is escaping back, but that still feels like monumental, like w- we are the rest of humanity. We are like burdened with glorious purpose kind of shit. And I'm like, <laughs> wow, okay. Not Star Trek, not Star Wars. Got, like I'm, I'm like, got my list out. I'm like, Battlestar is its own thing. Wow, okay. So that yeah. was- yeah, new flavor. New new flavor punched me in the face.
2: Well, the the main executive producer on the show and writer was Ronald D. Moore, who worked at Star Trek for years. He was one of the yeah. big yeah. guys over on Deep Space Nine. So this is, in many ways, a response to Star Trek. And he was in the Navy. He did serve on an aircraft carrier. Yeah. So this is just his experiences. Like, all of the things that you see, like, all the nicknames they give to people, like, you know... Uh, all the uh the technicians and engineers on the flight deck, they're called knuckle draggers. Like that's that's right from his time in the Navy. Like he served yeah. on the, he's seen all this stuff, he's done all this stuff, and so he just applied it to this. And there's a lot of old Battlestar fans that don't like this new series and they refer to it as Geno, Galactica in name only. Uh, <laughs>
1: It's but like, they did work it, to like bring that around too. That was a lot of that was yeah. based on the miniseries specifically, which fair, you know what, like because it's taken yeah, property. It is not like the original it. show, right? Yeah. The original show is very similar to Star Wars. Um, it's oh, mar- it is. Way I mean, more- it came out a year after Star <clears throat> right. Wars. Yeah, no, like it, there were even lawsuits involved in terms of like. Uh, oh what yeah. was this actually like <laughs> yeah. a ripoff of it so it's take it's taking a property and molding it and they do a lot of really good work in terms of making it fit better later uh what was it blood mm-hmm. and chrome blood and uh, the other mini or, like the other movie that came out um where it's like, oh the set, prequel with, yeah uh,
2: with uh young adama yeah, it's yeah. Like blood chrome
1: like, yeah. Like, so there's like a lot of work in it, like in that, like the classic Cylons are in there way more. And we see that they're the old models in, in here, like all the, all the ships are still in play. They're just the old versions of it, which, you know, mm-hmm. they, they exist and they kind of, you know, they work with it all. Um, But, but it is really trying to mold it specifically. It's, it's molding it in response to Star Trek Voyager because uh, more yeah. came over to Voyager when Deep Space Nine concluded, and Deep Space Nine, yeah. you can see the through line of Deep Space Nine to this, where it's like, how do yeah. we take oh, sci-fi right. and, like, you know, add this like veneer of, of reality and and the compromises. The that Dominion War, yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. you know, like the Defiant is a very com- similar ship it's to the Battlestar, yeah, ultimately. Yeah, small, yeah, uh, right.
2: cramped, combat. it's designed for combat.
1: Yeah, know. there's a mess hall. You know, it's all all those yeah. details that are like real to ships, but they just don't show on Star Trek. Like they're like focusing on it in that. So when he moved over to Voyager after Deep space nine ended. Uh, I forget the name of the episode, but it, if you know, season six of Voyager, I believe it was, um, you know, the episode I'm talking about, they find another Starfleet vessel out in the Delta quadrant. And it's like, it's been going through some stuff because it's like mm. completely on its own. And they've had to make a lot of compromises and fix their ship a lot of times.
2: Whereas the, Voyager, Oh yeah. Been, There's yeah. no crew. It's all, it's mounted by an AI. Yeah. It was uh, uh...
1: Well, or there's some crew, but it's like it. They're you know they've made every extreme choice on that one, and it's like so. Okay, yeah. It's so you know it's so pushed so far, but they don't allow those interesting choices to be brought over to Voyager. So Moore wrote that episode and was trying to get his thoughts about like, well, this is what we could do in, in in Star Trek in a situation where they're so far away from the Federation, from their resources. Like, why aren't you letting it happen? Like Voyager for all of the lip service it pays to them being stranded doesn't feel different than any other star trek series um, yeah it, like even to the point where they like they have like a fake like currency in it based on like uh credits for their like um for the replicators um but it never really amounts to anything besides like some jokes about a wager of, or, or two about a few things which you know is effectively the same as latinum in deep space nine yeah. or for you know whatever you make up your thing it's a mcguffin that they use on the ship in terms of like like some kind of like trade value which yeah you know can just exist just fine like the whole like we've evolved past money doesn't mean you can't have things of value that you are trading for. Like, sure, that, absolutely, you know, yeah, it, 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 even
2: Star Yeah, even Star Trek moved away from that. Like, there's no money in the future. If you look at the recent
1: shows of Star Trek, they kind of brought that. Back. Yeah, yeah, you, like, you have to have something because it's just the, part of the to, conversation. Yeah. Even if it's favors, you know, like there's going to yeah. be some sort of system of trade that that's in play because that's just yeah. a thing that people do and kind of enjoy doing. So, like that, yeah. that was always going to be a part of of the world. And anyway, so more one. You got to give
2: you got to you give strippers something. So, you
1: know, <laughs> <laughs> well, but but so Moore wanted all of that to be in Voyager and he was shot down so much that he quit the show in, in rage yeah. and didn't want to do didn't want to work with Star Trek anymore. And he had been on Star Trek since like season two or, or like or like doing rewrites maybe of, of uh tng if not he was in three it was Back when they, they had the open call stuff yeah the open
2: call stuff yeah, yeah. scripts he mm. pitched a script called the bonding um and uh that was his first television credit ever and he just
1: kept working with them he joined as the
2: up. Script editor, and they joined up as the writing in the writing yeah. room
1: yeah and probably some of the drama was also that Brennan Braga had become the the head of Voyager at that point. He was like yeah. the head writer uh, or executive, whatever the title was, but he was like in charge by that point yeah. in Voyager's process. And he had come in as sort of like a little brother type to Moore. So like yeah. there was also some of that dynamic of like, well, he's being shot down and probably, you know, a, the person who he kind of groomed uh, into that role and into a position of like creative control is now the person that he's directly butting heads with like that, yeah. you know, probably had additional sting. But so when you look mm. at what Voyager was in comparison to what Star Trek in general was, and then you look at Battlestar Galactica, which is taking a lot of the same exact circumstances of, well, we're a ship in, you know, stranded space. We're being hunted by a force. We've got, you know, all these things that are like, we're very alone. We're, we're going through this diaspora narrative. they, are clearly being like, well, what's fun about that? What can we lean into? Especially because everyone's bummed out right now because 9-11 just happened. Right. Uh, yeah. and, right <laughs> like, and they just leaned hard into that.
2: I'm still kind of shocked the show got greenlit because it's like straight 9 well, but we were so
1: into 9-11 porn. We're enjoying this even because yeah. it's 9-11 porn. Yeah, it's like, true, I, I know it's... you can go too far, and I know there was a certain point we were done. But, like, this was fresh and authentic at the time. <laughs> yeah,
2: but it doesn't have... It's not like a pro... It's not like a pro-military of, like, yeah, let's go fight. It's like, no, it's like the ending of the show is like, yeah, we lost. Let's run. Yeah. Yeah, it's very much the opposite. It's like... I mean, although I, I don't really know Ron Moore's politics very well, but he does seem to lean... Liberal, but there are episodes where it's like, okay, that that comes off as right wing, like the uh, <laughs> the Cylon torture episode, the Guantanamo Bay episode. There's that one. Oh, uh, there's uh
1: well, the new Caprica um, stuff like has like the whole conversation about like terrorism and when is it justified. I I would argue that what they're the suicide doing, bombings. I, I, uh, the one, yeah. that,
2: what was the one? It's um, it's uh, where the uh, the Cylon sympathizers that are on the the Galactica, oh, and they try they they the. Uh, they uh, what's it they um, um, what's it called um? That's sabotage. That's the season ammunition. three, right? Mm-hmm. No, that's season one.
1: Oh, season that's one. Season one. Oh, oh shit, you're there's, right. And yeah. there's that
2: guy that's like the leader of them. And then when when he's trying to make oh, his, right. he's trying to make his case, or the dama Adama just throttles his fucking throat. And it's like, who do you want to support here? You want to support the guys that want to try to establish peace with the Cylons after they tried to wipe out the human race? Or do you want the guys with the big guns? Let's go with the guys with the big guns. Like, so it very much has like a right leaning slant to some episodes. I'm like, but there is part of me. It's like, isn't the military kind of fucking cool? They are saving your ass. So. Well,
1: yeah, yeah and like, it's tough situations.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I, and I, I like, I like too that from from what I got to observe in the miniseries, it doesn't seem to shy away from really tough situations like that, where like, yeah. the 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 split of good and bad is not as you know clear cut, and like characters make fucked up decisions and like pay dearly for that. Like there's, yeah. it feels like there's real stakes for that matter.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I, I think a comparison could be made with like 24, for example, especially with the dynamic. Yeah. Of President oh yeah. Like, because she constantly, and in this, in the, like, you know, in the mini series, she is definitely set up as like the force for good in the situation. The mom for the, for humanity. Um, yeah. As, as it were for this whole thing, like, uh, but she is forced to, to, contend with her morals she is forced to make hard decisions at points when they have to make the jump and leave those like slower than ftl ships oh that's that's like that's a big choice she has to make and frankly that is a, a decision she as the like the civilian leader of the populace has to make quite a few times and that's the the challenge like they're putting forward like here's the military type who has to like decide like you know, has to hold back the violent impulses. Like this whole thing is about him not going into the fight. He ha- he's like, we have to go make babies because like that <laughs> it's learning to temper it, but le- like having to temper it by sometimes going too far and sometimes not going far enough and getting burned for it. Yeah. And meanwhile, we have the same sort of thing with the civilian side. And like, I think, I think that's the conversation people were looking to have in this window of time, which is why I compare with Twenty Four, where Bauer is very much like the Adama role, and what I forget the president's name, but the you know the Allstate, the uh, Allstate guy, for, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that guy, yeah, like, yeah, he was the president. He you know he's like very much a pro, like somehow Obama right before Obama actually happened because you can see how much the zeitgeist was looking for that, right, yeah. like he's you know he was a senator who like had was aware of some stuff but he was running on a real platform of you know it's it, like literally it's the obama like oh yeah, yeah platform yeah. like six years earlier which is like kind of creepy when you but doesn't like, does get of,
2: assassinated like, in a season i've never ultimately I, yes i've never but watched like, he, 24 i just saw it was like okay this is right wing horse shit i'm not watching this crap
1: yeah but, but like the you know the point of that was like well sometimes we have to go so far and 24 is a less elegant Piece That I think is, is less interested in having that conversation, but I think it is a conversation we were having to different degrees of like, how far do we push a person? What is too far? When have we crossed the line? When are we worse people for it? Because we crossed that line or, you know, like all, all this stuff, because we were feeling this pain nationally speaking. Yeah.
2: You cross the line when apparently you can fly from Los, from uh, Los Angeles to DC in a helicopter in less than 24 hours. (laughs) right (laughs) there was a lot of those apparently on that show was like how'd you get to that place that quickly all right
1: whatever doesn't matter (laughs) i don't mean to derail us into a 24 conversation we're not talking about that i've never watched the show i see clips that's all the thing that is interesting about this about battlestar galactica is that they wanted to test the characters and and not necessarily like come down on one side Mm -hmm. yeah
2: like, Baltar in the original show is, like, straight evil. Why? It's just... I just... I turned on the human race. Why? Um, I don't know. He just, he just did.
1: We needed a human. We needed a human. On the bad guy's side. The, yeah. On, yeah, I was
2: like, but why does Baltar do it in this one? Well, he really didn't. He just... His dick got hard one day for Trisha Helfer. That's really right. it. That's mm-hmm. literally it. Like, he just... You know, the trial of Gaius Baltar in the third season is probably one of the other great arcs I love in that show. You know, it gave apollo something to do in the later seasons <laughs> right <laughs> he doesn't he really doesn't do much in the later seasons he really doesn't uh, you could jettison that character and i wouldn't even notice a little bit yeah yeah well and it's it's Just,
0: like what well what is there for a fighter pilot to do at peacetime even pearl harbor is like it has to invent a love story to give them something to do for the first half uh,
1: you want me to tell you I, i'm in such a weird spot right now because we tell him should we tell, like, him? If, should we it, tell him what I, happens I, th- to him i no i don't think we should are I you going to continue say... watching
2: the show, stuff? Uh, uh,
0: not not within the
1: like near future. I'll put it that way. All right, maybe, let's, maybe let's at some just, point. Let's
2: just tell them uh, for Seth. the sake of
1: the episode. So they they encounter another ship. It is a more advanced ship that just barely avoided being like affected by the Cylon thing. It's like the, it's a whole story about how it survives. The Pegasus. Um, the Pegasus. The Pegasus. Yeah, it is way more advanced. It, it is. Uh, commanded by at what uh admiral fuck what admiral, um, i forget Admon. her name that's a trap. No. <laughs> but the point is the point is it's an admiral it's actually a reference to the original show which is one of those oh, ar- scenarios that's like okay kane kane that's
2: it admiral kane kane yeah admiral kane. it's like played by, so by she, michelle forbes who played ensign roe in star trek
1: right yeah so like fully in the star trek kind of vein here so she's this badass um but like has made way more like compromises has really like gone far is like torturing Cylon sexually like it's like really going into a bad space Um, it's guantanamo bay tactics like they Jesus christ there's there's
2: a moment when the the boomer cylon has been arrested and they're gonna gang rape her in order to get information out of her
1: whoa those later seasons get really dark, dude. It, it gets real dark. And and it's really interesting because like it does come down on this all being very bad. Oh yeah, um, yeah. And and so the the crew of the Galactica ultimately it's sort of a coup. Uh it it ends up it's way more complicated than yeah. that. I don't want to really like uh explain too much of the detail, but it ends up with adama becoming promoted to admiral and commanding two battle stars yeah whereas like in the original show that the pegasus like was a one episode kind of thing yeah. it's a six ranger shows up and then dies so that the status quo doesn't get disrupted too mm-hmm. much kind of situation sure. um and in, instead they're like well what if we actually have it and so for the back half of season two and the front half of season three they've got the pegasus and so they've got two ships and the pegasus is way more advanced for one thing it has uh the ability to make its own vipers yeah um it like has mechan- like an engineering base where it can create vipers. So they're able to restock because like one of the things about the show is that every episode opens with the current count of humans left alive. Mm. Every single episode tracks how it many drops weeks are still in play episode. and how much ammunition they have. Yeah. When, a, when a baby is born, the count goes up by one. Yep. But a lot of episodes, it goes down by like 15 periodically. Um Wow. And so every episode, they're tracking this because it's that severe. Uh, uh, there are points where they run out of water, and we have to track that. Like yeah. it's all about like hard mode resource, like like you know tracking while yeah. in space. It's the stuff and, like, that Voyager
2: like, should have done. Like you know, we're, right?
1: We're out of food.
2: Yeah.
0: Has
1: this ever food. been turned into like a an RP setting before? I, it must have. Yeah. It, it must have. I mean, like, I mean, for the, these kind of rules already like just generally exist in a lot of RP uh, like RPGs. Yeah. But like. Uh, it, it must have for Battlestar because like they, they have like these kind of rules in like even like the Star Wars like handbooks. Like it's just no one uses it because like, oh, my God, can you imagine being that fucking DM? Yeah. Uh, but it, <laughs> but Star Wars, so is, Star Wars is
2: just fucking magic. Like, you know, it's, yeah, that's the problem with that one is that this this is like this is for the first like two and a half to three seasons. It's hard sci fi.
1: Yeah, like uh, the nuclear weapons they have are like really important and like are the nukes that we have today. It's like, oh, we've got two nukes. And like it when we even like bring it out, it's a big deal. Yeah, (laughs) like there's so many standoffs where it's just like, are we going to use one of like our fucking kill everything things? Yeah, because like. A lot of the ships are going to take a hit and they're going to die because not everything's radiation shielded. Like we're in we're in the battleship, guys, but no one else. (laughs) And that also
2: shows how powerful the Galactica is. Like it takes a hit from a nuke and it just like scratches it.
1: Yeah. But that that scratch stays. Yeah.
2: yeah, Like all that. That's that's another thing. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it's that that is the appeal of the show where it's just like, well, how fucking badass hardcore can we get? with a with a story that makes you want to stick with right. It. um so, Apollo becomes the commander of, or gets promoted to commander. Which weird captain commander is like flipped in this setting. But so he gets promoted to commander of the Pegasus. So they've got this much more advanced ship. They're able to restock everything. All this happens. They they find a world that they they can settle down on temporarily. Uh, there's a time jump, and so like Adam or the the Adamas are not doing so hot. Yeah. Like because they're they're fighters. Like they in in peacetime they everyone gets lazy. Lee got fat.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He puts. A, they have a whole vignette on the, the the DVD where they show him putting on a fat suit, and he just like his, his cheeks are all puffy, and it's just like it's, it's yeah. kind of funny. He looks like, somehow. He's like, a, he's like a married giant to a character
1: mark. that you would not imagine him getting married to, like uh, like oh, all these Duala. relationships. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I never care. Oh, about. thank you for saying it. Out yeah, loud. but like all, all the relationships get flipped around. It, it it gets so weird after this time jump, um, and then the Cylons show up uh and it's they show up just out of nowhere yeah Uh, and the battle stars have to jump because they they don't even have like a crew like in position to like arm themselves let alone do anything and so most of humanity is left on a planet and under silent occupation um and the two battle stars leave with like skeleton crews and they're like what the fuck are we gonna do um and so they do manage this like wild uh F- like freeing of everyone it's intense yeah it involves that's like a lot of like
2: jumping in and falling it's it was not it's yeah. not built for that it's not built for air combat it's only built right. for space combat
1: right yeah. it is not meant to be in an atmosphere that is not a thing that's supposed to be there yeah. it's so it's a pretty intense like opening of season three um and then like a, a pol like so then the ship continues they lose the pegasus and once you lose the Pegasus, he has no actual character arc after that point. Like he's kind of just there. Oh no! Uh, like all the stuff has sort of happened. He kind of becomes. Wait. Was he is he Baltar's
2: defense? And he's he, yeah, he's Baltar's defense during yeah, during like the, and, yeah, yeah they, the they come up with a
1: thing for him. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. But but that's sort of it. Which is that he becomes a character and, like and the Jag. Like Jag two. rules. <laughs> it's Jag. Oh, yeah, it's bit. Jag.
2: He, it's just Jag. Yeah, it's it, That's all it is. Because
1: he. He's the plucky son character, so he's always the one to do that kind of he's thing. Maverick like,
2: from Top Gun. But if you take right. him out of a fighter craft, he doesn't have anything to do.
1: I would say he's more Iceman. Yeah, okay, yeah. But he looks he looks like young Tom Cruise, though. <laughs> Kinda. Sure, but but Starbuck is Maverick, really. Like yeah. and that's the dynamic that those two have. And and she also has her own very weird arc. Um, And the show just get like season three and four is just kind of weird or or rather I'd argue season three is kind of weird and season four is kind of (laughs) there. Season four is
2: kind of there. It's kind of you kind of there and kind of a mess (laughs)
1: because the finale didn't really matter related to like most of what happens to season four. It just kind of was like, well, we need to have episodes and most of it's like, eh, it's 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 there. And it's uh, I mean, it was nice. It was
2: nice that uh, what's the the actress that plays uh, Kira from uh, Deep Space Nine shows up as a character. That was kind of cool. Huh? She's there. so like, she's in the cancer ward and yeah. um, Rosalind's cancer is back. And she's like, they're having a heart to heart while they're, while keep Rosalind's like in the last days of her life. It's like, it's a nice scene. It's just like, it's, it's yeah. pointless.
1: <laughs> yeah. Lucy Lawless shows up as a, yeah. Song, when, kind yeah. And she's always
2: great. It's not a great episode yeah. where she shows up, but it's like, it's kind
1: of, no, but she's a fun character. Oh, She's a great character. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, they do some really cool stuff with a lot of the characters. Like it, it's, the, the series is overall like a net positive, even with the, the limitations yeah. of the later parts and season one and two are so strong that like, when you're looking back on the show, you're like, Oh fuck, that was great. And that's why we're looking at the mini series, which is such a strong encapsulation of so many of those themes, yeah. like so yeah. many of the points that we get to in the show that are the reasons we really like it. Like, the pilot is so good. Like n- not this, but like the first episode of season one, uh, 33. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. so good. People talk about it all the time. Yeah. I brought it up when we were talking about revenge of the Sith. Like, it's just like one of those movies where it's like, man, that's a great component of the movie. Like, mm. it's just such a solid piece in general, uh, and like, or rather of the of the story. Like it's it's such a solid piece of like, here's the human cost to these kind of action sequences if we really play it yeah. out. Like, how tired can you get people in this situation Goddamn. in this impossible sci-fi yeah. thing? Um and the show starts off with that. Yeah, or the, the mini series starts off with yeah, that. Yeah,
2: while we're on the topic of Star Wars, so Seth let's talk about The Last Jedi for a second. <clears throat> so uh you know how we said that uh that that whole film is inspired by 33. Do you see how they should have done it?
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Like that would have been way more visceral. Holy yeah. shit!
2: Yeah, like why? Why? Why was that so hard? They did this shit in forty minutes, and they couldn't do that shit in two and a half hours.
1: Right. Just keep cutting back to them. Way more tired. Like just make them extends. exhausted. They,
2: they, like all this yeah. infighting bullshit doesn't lead to anything on those ships. Right it really when you watch this that episode 33 which is kind of like a revamp you can just start from there and keep going it kind of like catches you up enough to follow the show yeah like, no totally like if you just watch that episode you're like yeah why did they just do that for revenge of this for, for uh last yeah day? why didn't they just do that
1: yeah sorry i mean last night when I, I said revenge of the. Sith it, it doesn't like, matter ex- exactly <laughs> like yeah it's, it's the point like that that whole that's how you do it fucking chase space right yeah just, yeah, if you're going to say that they're running out of fuel.
2: By the way, if it, if ships run out of fuel in space, shouldn't they just keep moving? Right. You know what? It doesn't even matter. <laughs> None of that shit matters. It's Star Wars, I, rule Star Wars yeah. space is like normal air. It doesn't
1: doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's the same movie that has bombs drop. And you know what? Like I actually think that that's Fuck the best yeah. of the new trilogy. <laughs> like anyway, back back yeah. to the miniseries. because the mini series is so goddamn cool. It's so good. Like, yeah, I, I mean Seth. In terms of being introduced to the series, like that, it's a wonder, right? Like uh, following Kara, like throughout the ga- like yeah. the, the main yep. like stage of the of the Galactica, like that's so cool. Like setting the whole thing up, and it's got such a great soundtrack for this whole mm-hmm. thing. Like that drum score is so good. Like just really solid stuff going. Yeah,
2: on. yeah. Go, going into this, did it, did it impress you how like they was like, wow, they did this on television in two thousand three. Did that really like shock you?
0: Um, I I don't know if it shocked me. Like, I'm definitely so. I was very interested in what NBC was doing on TV at this time. This was like your heroes' experiment. This was uh, NBC was really like testing the waters on a lot of cool stuff, like having movies play on TV uh, within their like regular programming. And so I like I think the most impressive part about this to me is that it's not uh like totally kidified. There, there's an there's a level to um, Star Trek that like I, I saw a clip recently uh, where Data is discussing terrorism with uh, Picard in in one of the episodes and like when is it okay to enact violence if you're yeah. under um you know uh, uh authoritarian rule and I was I I went back to like rewatch the episode and and was kind of had the miniseries in mind when I was watching it and going like. This this was really kind of made for a ten year old to sit down and watch and track along with, versus Battlestar having like a very like no 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 this is Saving Private Ryan in space like like please strap in don't bring your kids uh th- that that was what like really shocked me was that like NBC went kind of hardcore here like this is kind of like balls to the wall stuff for for what we now recognize as being a very like you know kind of u- universal. Um, you know, Jurassic Park kind of led company. Um, I, I think it's cool that they, that they go this hard. Like there's so much sex. There's so much sex. There's oh, so yeah. much violence. Oh
2: yeah. Like they get real close to getting like full frontal nudity on Trisha Helfer.
0: Yeah.
1: So many times mm-hmm. like, like they, they wanted, I, I I think that's what I respected. And all the censors are like, you know what? We should be upset about this, but you know what? We also want to see it. <laughs> yeah and by the way this is her first acting role really
2: that was her first she's so yeah. good she, it. Oh. she played like a a dead body on csi at one point and like that was it and like she was willing to do all this and like and then they actually um they
1: oh that's right she was a model first. she was a
2: model and she actually got yeah. like model of the year or something like that and she was like horribly Damn. embarrassed by it she was she's very apparently she's very shy in real life um but uh in, in acting, she's like very open about everything. And one thing they did was uh thats not her actual hair color. Her, she actually has like uh, like brown hair, and they would bleach it every time she came in. And they bleached it so much, her hair started to fall out. And uh, she was in the trailer one time, and she was just in—she was in tears, crying on the floor. And the <laughs> producer came in and just like saw her on the floor, and he was like, "We're getting you a wig." <laughs> and So they then yeah. the, like the second season forward, it's all a wig, but you can't even tell. Yeah.
0: So.
1: The only way you can tell is because they'll have other models of her show up. And it doesn't like look quite right. Hair. It doesn't look quite right. Well, no, with her natural hair. And that, like that'll pop up yeah. um, because her natural hair, it's 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 like, like it's like a, a dirty very blonde, light brown, brown, dirty blonde. Yeah. yeah. Like it, it's kind of like a, a Melissa Benoist playing Supergirl kind of. Situation. Yeah, it's
2: that. It's that. Yeah. 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 Is it, yeah. Is it like is it Benoist
1: Benoit okay. Benoist. I think it's I think it's Benoist. I know the S.T. is pronounced. OK, okay. Uh, but I, I think it's Benoist. But Interesting. You know, it, whatever who, yeah who cares? Not, not the point <laughs> not the point
2: but yeah um yeah the fact that they went all in and making it like yes this is for adults this yeah is not for kids although they try to shove a fucking kid into the show god damn it
1: well that's funny because that's deaf, like <laughs> that's the a, one callback call they had had the original show right you know what it is Seth? what
2: you didn't know you, the, kid. The, the, the kid the kid like, he's boxy that where it's like
1: we have a new crew mem- member like it and it's so funny because he is like gone the second we get oh, to the show. Oh yeah, like and third like- <laughs> episode, he's fucking gone. He makes a cameo in the first season and then he is out of oh, there. Yeah. And it was just like, oh yeah, that was t- like, that. Pe- people like the apparently extremely adult situation that we created. They didn't respond well to the kid. No. No- like notes have been made. All right, moving on. Because yeah. uh, every,
2: every show in the 70s had to have a fucking kid to, to relate back to the kid audience. Uh. You don't really want kids around your 9 11 paralleled show.
0: (laughs) Right. Uh, Yeah. So they they
2: very quickly jettisoned that shit. Boxy's out. He was on one of those ships that got blown up. It's fine. Doesn't matter. Yeah. The one (laughs) thing that is uh, interesting about the entirety of the show uh, where is the bottomless box of tobacco coming from? Because Jesus Christ, every fucking episode, there's more fucking cigarettes. You know, oh, my God. I mean, they have a
1: very large cargo hold. That just was one big ship out
2: anything. there just has all just filled with cigarettes. That's Listen. It. Well, I mean, ha-
1: they, they didn't have bullets in their ship when they, when like this all started. So like, yeah. what do you think was in there? It's like, oh, yeah, well, you know, we, we had a, a fuck ton of whiskey and tobacco. That's what they had in that storage station. Bullets, bombs,
2: and tobacco and whiskey. That's what they had.
1: Oh, th- speaking of which, Seth, there is an episode where they start to run out of alcohol and they have to figure <laughs> yeah. out how to start making moonshine. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's awesome. It's so that, good. Yeah, see,
2: I'm, I dig that. <laughs> They're
1: running out. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to be moonshiners in space, boy. Yeah, oh. I mean- even for as bad as the worst episode is black uh, market which yeah that's even that at least is like dealing with the idea that like there would be this sort of like currency set up in the background of like moving like resources around for people who are unscrupulous for whatever system they have no it's a bad episode it's just i'm saying that like the idea that there would be a black market is not a bad one
2: okay i mean i mean the, the when they it involves like the human trafficking element that's when it's like okay now it's serious but then it's like they're trafficking kids. It feels like a cheap shot. Even Ron Morris. That, that's
1: all bullshit. But like the idea yeah. that like cigarettes would move from like one ship to another is like not that weird. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's fair.
2: The, whenever I do a rewatch on this show, I get to the black market episode and I just kind of stop.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, the the structure is garbage. And the fact that Apollo is a detective for some reason Why? In the episode <laughs> doesn't make any sense. It, it, like <laughs> it's it's the worst version of him being like also a lawyer. It's like, well, but what if he is also like a, a detective investigating this whole black market situation? They because Obi-Wan kenobi hooking him. up with a prostitute. They Obi-Wan kenobi Yes! Why is this all of a sudden film noir? And why is our guy, like, he's still a, a fighter pilot at that point, right? He's still a captain. Yeah, he's still, like, he's, he's still, he's
2: uh, the cag at that point.
1: Yeah, like, Like, what are you doing here, man? Like, this is not, like, you assign a person to do this. Like, this is not your job. Kara
2: Thray should have been doing
1: it. That's who should have been doing it. It makes more sense. Yeah, because she would actually care about that shit. Yeah, she would give a shit. He's way too by the books for this thing. Like, he's not, like, he doesn't go on a a one-man manhunt without completely resigning his post and having, art. like, he'd have to be already, like, so, like, pushed so far past the breaking point for that story to happen. Like, it makes zero sense. Yeah. It's the worst episode in the show. It still has an interesting idea. Yeah.
2: Mm. But then it's followed by one of the best episodes of the season, Scar, which is the fighter pilot episode. There's that one Ace Cylon Raider out there that they can't quite get. yeah the cat finally gets it fuck yeah
1: yeah <laughs> nice it's because the ships are because all the ships also re, like reincarnate the same way yeah. as the, the humanoid cylons yeah. and so it had it had died so many times it had just like learned uh, ready player ones yeah so that it was like the best oh it my could possibly god be. that's so yeah.
2: cool but th-
1: uh yeah there there's a very similar kind of sequence in in a recent x-men comic Uh, They have this whole situation where, like, the mutants can resurrect. Oh, yeah. Nightcrawler. Krakow, the islands. Yeah, yeah, they can resurrect. So Nightcrawler has to infiltrate a base. And so he gets their permission. Like, normally they back up everyone, like, every hour. And so if you die, you just reset to the most recent hour. But they're like, okay, I need it, like, to the minute Backups going on right now. Like, it's we're breaking all protocols. It's going to take a lot of hard drive space, but we got to do this. And he just teleports into a base and dies, 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 dies dies, until he finally gets to the end. And it's like doing that whole like White House sequence from X2, but like where he's being constantly murdered the whole time and his bodies are just everywhere as he's trying to get through this whole situation. Oh my God. Um,
2: That John Hickman run of X Men is really fucking good.
1: Yeah. Well, and Hickman had like left the book by that point, but like, yeah. Yeah, The
2: ending is. But, but for the most part, it's 99% really fucking good.
1: Yeah. Uh, anyway, so scar is like that. And they set up that this character is like, he is, he has infinite lives to the point where he can just speed run in, yeah. f- and fights with the Vipers. But at that point, um, and,
2: the resurrection ship had been destroyed. So if they die, that's it. Can't come back. again. Right. So now
1: we, now we, he's on his last life. Last life. Nice. Can't come back, can't come yeah. back
2: again. Yeah. Can't good come back. stakes.
1: Yeah. 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 Um, or, or did they sever it at that point? No, the, like, the, end, the ending it, it, of the Pegasus, it, Ar-
2: Pegasus arc is when they take out the resurrection ship. So they're. They actually they fully take yeah, it out. Okay, they're all yeah. On their
1: own. um Yeah. So it like there are costs to both sides. Like yeah. it, it's a really interesting war because, like, it's like the situation where. Um, was like fertilizer was properly developed during World War One because otherwise we actually wouldn't have had enough nitrogen to feed the people during the war yeah. type situation. Yeah. Like that's the only reason why like Germany was able to keep fighting because otherwise they would have starved out of the of the battle. Whoa. That, that um, just
2: oh god that reminds me of Zone of Interest for a second. Oh god damn, fucking...
1: So it's like the that situation where war. I'm not going to spoil everything. This, I'm not going
2: to spoil why that reminds me of Zone of Interest, but it's just
0: I'm not familiar. Yeah. I, yeah i'm not either, should so, i like
2: Ugh. there's a moment when human ash is used to fertilize a garden Ew. Ew.
1: Mm. it's a really fucking but, good
2: movie and it's my favorites of the year but there's a moment when i'm like mm,
1: damn that's hard yeah i mean and those kind of moments of desperation are really interesting to yeah. us because yeah. like it is actually a very real thing and also in this period of of where most scarcity is self-inflicted as opposed to in like a setting like this where legitimately they're running out of food, they're running out of like there's where they're running out of water, they're running out of air, like they're in space. Like we could barely function. And the cool part about the battlestar, like the other ships are more advanced and it allows for them to have cheaper sets because you can just get some fabric and cover up a seat and make it look like a, you know, a cabin of an airliner kind of stuff. But like the Battlestar specifically being such like a submarine, like feels so tangible and real, you know? And like the innovation of doing, we're going, the Battlestar specifically is an old fashioned battleship designed to fight a computer hacker enemy. Mm. Like, and that's why they've got like no network computers, why they have wired phones, why all the things they point out in the opening, why all the airlocks and everything are like like physical hatches that are very tangible and real. It makes the whole thing feel so realistic, or or, or rather, um, verisimilitudinous... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a word, that's that a word. <laughs> yep, the feeling that, I, I believe that that's the the it's real, right the feeling. Yeah. yeah, that you're like, oh, we could make this, right? Yeah. Like, it's not that insane to say that we could get there. And, like, the fact that even, like, even their FTL thing is such a, a we don't really like to do this, it's like everyone gets, like, really sick, and the is really bad at it. Like, the other ships have computers that work. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, like, they have to manually
2: calculate their coordinates to where they're gonna go, yeah.
1: Yeah, like, they have to math prescience, which is, like, completely fucking insane, but you're like, I could imagine us like having someone smart enough to do. It's not, it's not full on. We're taking drugs to see the future (laughs) level of math. Not not yet. Like we not quite. We're not quite there.
2: 10,000 years. We'll get there. Yeah. But like you could,
1: you could envision like a, a cold war piece of us versus the Russians, like outside of like Jupiter where we're trying to get to Titan in like are two giant fucking frigates, which are like shipping containers with like guns type, to right, okay? yeah. Uh And just like air tanks. Like that's what this feels like. And that is such a cool element of the piece that it, it brings you into it in a way that like, sure, like, yes, the expanse, all the, all these things that are like really great hard science that are, have been out there. This is a really early example in terms yeah. of like really good hard yeah. sci, like hard sci-fi on TV. Yeah. And for, for example,
2: it, there's, for example, just kind of real quick. For example, there's no windows on the Galactica.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Take
2: the back. There's one window, the observation deck, and they take that out pretty quick. That's gone. Right. (laughs) That's gone Mm -hmm. pretty quick. Um, But yeah, there's no. Imagine waking up in the morning and you can't even see outside the ship. It's there's no there's nothing to look at. It's just you'd lose your mind after a while.
0: Well, and it and it holds to that thing that I bring up on every single. Space uh, movie episode is Does this function as a Navy movie? Yes, it does. Yeah. This is a submarine. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. This is a submarine yeah. story that you're hearing, basically. And I like d- that makes it work that much better for me. Like, truly, like having that that like kind of root thing. I could watch this with my dad for sure. And he would be able to like, oh, like yeah, track yeah. along and be like, oh yeah, yeah, we're in the, we're in the headquarters. They're calling out the orders. We, we jump into the ships, you know, the, that are out uh, over the water. Cause this is a, you know, an aircraft carrier and yeah, like God damn it. This is a Yacht Rock movie. Yeah, we brought it around <laughs> baby. We found it. We found <laughs> it. Yeah. I, I, they're listening to Yacht Rock on the Battlestar to, to stay calm. That's, that's what it is. You know, I like, I, I, and I love that it functions as a, as a Navy movie, like that.
1: Props. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's just like, like, there's a very similar chapter in, um, world war Z, uh, where like the Pacific fleet where there's like one battleship that's like oh, protecting like all yeah. these like, boats that are floating yeah. and I think there's something really interesting about the stakes involved with that mm-hmm. like it's um, particularly with Battlestar where it is the last humans and that the stakes are so high because like literally it's our species um, as, as a concept uh, is is like contingent on, all, on this whole thing um, like I said it's a di- diaspora piece but like the Battlestar as this one vessel that is solely responsible for the protection of everyone and they are not well set up to be the protection of everyone like despite the fact like or not despite in spite of the fact that there are overwhelming odds on the enemy side like regardless the ship is a piece of junk like it is a relic that was being decommissioned and like that is such a cool standpoint of like this is the height of well they don't build them like they used to But at the same time, like, it's not really in a good position for so many things, just like on the normals. Like, they're all better soldiers than what the equipment they have. They know that there's, like, God, if we were on any of the other ships I've ever been posted to, this would not be a problem right right now. But as a result, like, I have not slept for more than 20 minutes for four days, and everything is terrible, and I'm going to die, and there's no hot water.
0: Right. Mm. relatable oh my god that's just what anxiety feels like you know yeah <laughs>
2: the, the, seeing uh, throughout the show as they slowly start to lose things and um there's one episode i think it's, was it was it's the episode where kara finally bites it it was um she becomes the cag, and she says this is the final tube of tar on toothpaste it's the last piece the tube of toothpaste in existence yeah <laughs> it's like oh no one's gonna be able to brush their teeth anymore
1: Ugh yeah there's there's an episode really early on where uh they have all memorized every card in every deck they have
2: yeah they get bored playing like, cards
1: <laughs> all all of the like imperfections of every card because yeah. like there's little bins and there's little tears uh like little fingerprint marks or like scuffs like every like the players are all like sitting there and they don't have a deck that they have a card that they can't see both sides yeah. of yeah yeah because yeah, yeah. like like they've just they're so bored that they have only like they're like i know that that is like the queen of hearts because it's got x you know it's it's whatever their yeah. weird octagon shaped like cards yeah. or hexagon shaped like cards are um sh- yeah we should mention the books uh oh, the, god the cutting... i hate that part that is so fucking <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, it is there just to look f- like futuristic and it is so fucking dumb that they well, cut the corners off
2: what had happened was that somebody on the production staff when they said yeah we don't really have a lot of money to do all this kind of stuff and somebody said it's fine just cut corners it's fine And they took that literally. But don't. (laughs) (laughs) That's the beginning of a joke. And it just became what it is. And they just kind of said, Oh, it's kind of cool. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. I mean, like if it's a
1: protest in there, like that would be fine. But if it's just like a, a total accident, it, it just feels dumb. Uh yeah. <laughs> and they kind of abandon it at, at a certain point. Like certain books are gonna come out that don't have that issue. And it's yeah. like but it's it's inconsistent and thus it feels like even less intentional. Yeah. Like again, if it was a like an open protest piece, like that would be fascinating. But like as they just like, oh yeah, our books our books are missing a chunk for some reason and we have no explanation for why it doesn't make sense culturally it's not like a 12 versus 10 count system difference like where you are like well at least i understand that there's a, a root logic for why our clocks have 12 instead of 10 uh there it's up, you know that that kind of like weird like our number systems are different yeah. this is just there for the sake of like looking <laughs> <better>. <laughs> yeah
2: yeah Seth, how did you feel about uh baltar as he slowly lost his mind and he starts seeing uh visions of uh, number six. Did that uh, work for you at all?
0: <laughs> um, I-, I could definitely sense the like greater Baltar looming threat that they were setting up here. Um, so something that'll always work for me, especially when you're doing sci-fi is the folly of the gods. I-, I think that's why I'm still writing so hard on Ridley Scott's alien stuff. And so to see this like character that it- all the tragedy that befalls him is because of his, Dick, basically, that is so Greek. Like that is Greek tragedy. I I love uh, that kind of storytelling, and and the the like, <clears throat> the romance that they have, kind of representing like humanity's love of technology being our downfall. That like we're blinded through like uh, our emotional spectrum. That we're blind to the logical spectrum that lies behind technology. And so like it's, it's kind of working on multiple levels for me. So I, I, I dug that a lot.
1: Yep. I, Here's a question about Baltar. You know, it's a different actor <laughs> than, than dr Bashir from ds or t space nine right?
2: i i know it's not the same guy it's not the uh, same. yeah but they look so, so damn similar closer, to me right? i was convinced so when the show came close. out yeah
1: and like right next to each other especially as they've aged it's like different but it was like just a peak moment for the two of them where like, they like synced mm, up too much well dude yeah. uh, I, i'll give you another one
0: within the series ian mcshane and edward james almost almost look identical to me at a certain oh, point yeah. You're right. um, it's it's like a passing, like it's, it's if you see him side by side, you're like, oh no. But if you see it in passing quick enough, it just, it, they, they look yeah. the same
1: to me. Well, especially in this because they're trying to uh, Caucasify Edward James almost to a certain yeah. degree. Um, he's wearing blue contacts to make him look more like, uh, to make yeah. him look more like Apollo. So they're like doing like little details to try to like kind of blur the I, lines. Of uh, I, yeah. Like Apollo's wearing bronzer. I yeah. did I
0: did double take that when, when I was meant to understand that Apollo was his son. I was like,
1: really truly yeah yeah
2: <laughs> well i mean i think all, i think also the blue contest is reference to his role in blade runner which also we have to bring up blade runner for a second
0: yeah yeah that fits in like here. that's
2: the fact that the cylons look like us now not only does it work from a political perspective of like you know anybody could be a terrorist if you see something say something you know very post nine yeah. eleven. you know paranoia is everywhere but it also works on a thematic level of um you know anyone among them could be an enemy you know, like they don't know who the 12 Cylons are. And the reveal mm-hmm. of the last five is just like, eh, fuck you. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> I'm not the biggest fan of the reveal of the last
1: five. It, it's, it's a bad twist there. I, only I one of the five.
2: Only one of the five. I was like, okay, that kind of makes sense. But the yeah, there's, I'm there like, is yeah, one that just, ugh.
1: yeah. The, um, I, I will say rewatching this na- Cause like, I knew enough that I knew that it was like, oh, there's supposed to be like 12 humanoid Cylons that we're going to eventually find out about. Um, when when I was rewatching this and because it's been some time, I was like, oh, I wonder like if at any point they were like, those could include the other like robotic Cylons that also get backed up. Like yeah. the the ship and the, the drone, like those could theoretically be also in that like models of Cylon, mm-hmm. which would be, I think, more interesting than what we ultimately got.
2: Yeah. Interesting. Also, also, it basically implies that the entire civilization of the original Earth, which was apparently all Cylon, by the way, um the original civilization was just made of those 12 models like what what where'd the rest of humanity come from then
1: i mean the the articulation that i've seen from the from the creatives was that like this is supposed to represent like 12 archetypes of people yeah. um which you know then we also get into the 12 lords cobalt and like all, the, like, uh, all, all that, that kind of stuff that we're going, like like uh it, there's the religion aspects get weird in the show like the, yeah, the they, miniseries mini series doesn't actually really touch on it that much yeah um but they eventually they do actually come across Kobol like the, the supposed like yeah. birthplace of humanity yeah. um and they encounter like mysticism where there appears to be like the workings of the gods but yeah. like of the greek pantheon um and i think there's a few areas that kind of bugs me like one the fact that they leaned into the greek stuff which i realize Kind of is playing around with like what was in the original show as well, yeah. Despite the fact that the original show also had like pyramid stuff and everything to represent it as sort of like it's it's human, it's a Stargate situation, yeah. Of, like, yeah similar yeah, culture, but yeah. Ref- you know, it's same root, different, different and all that. Yeah, yeah. There,
0: there was a, a big book at that time that was talking about all of this as like a unifying religious theory and like, yeah. lit
1: sci fi on chariots, Cl- of, yeah, the yeah, gods. Yeah, chariots like, of the gods, it, you got yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Like, it, it's a lot of stuff there, and like, look, we. I don't think anyone can say that there's never been like an interesting version of that. I think there have been lots of interesting versions of that. Yeah. Um but that- I can hear Mike Spielman yeah. screaming Gods of Egypt from another room. <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. Oh, there's <laughs> a, we we also know there's been plenty of bad ones too. Like it's but uh... the point is that that like I know why they did it and I could see it working really well. It's just that they because they're going with some of the words that are the same and it's like I don't know. Like if you wanted to be like this is sort of like a proto-Indo-European kind of like look at the pantheon type thing, I think I'd be more fascinated by that. Mm, yeah. Um th- the fact is we know too much about it and we and we culturally know too much about it. Like the Greco-Roman situation by itself is one that we're aware that like there are different names for these same archetypal figures. Yeah. And so it would be more interesting if they tried to be like Wotan instead of Zeus, you know, like if they mm. like led What I, I realize Wotan is really just the dramatic, but like uh or like thnur no like th- there's all these ones like where the like the wording actually like if you like really like know the like the roots of how the language like drifted in those in- scenarios yeah, you yeah. can see how like mars and Tyr are in the same are actually the same god and the, uh, the same thunder sky god character yeah, yeah you know like all that kind of like logic that we sort of put together and this is even like you know against proto-indo-european so like there's like all this part of like the like the, the hindu pantheon that like sort of corresponds and that we we can see the root words and le- because because the other part is that language and divinity are all actually one concept so like if you exist in an animist society where everything has spirit the name for everything is the deity of that thing yeah. um with so that's why thunder and Thor are actually the same word because he's the God of it because he is it like innately. So you could get into that and like really sort of build on that for the series, but because they're using the one that is like overtly the one that we all, all know very distinctly have shared names for other things. Like, it feels just, like, needlessly white. Mm, yeah, mm, it also mm,
2: logically mm. doesn't make any sense, because when they get to Cobol, to, I mean, nobody said we were just going to talk about the miniseries. We're talking about the whole show. Fuck it, we're talking about the whole show.
0: Um, it's the Battlestar episode, folks.
2: When they get to Cobol, <laughs> and they see, like, oh, they see the um, the astrological signs that lead them, like, there's the Cancer, there's Taurus, and there's, like, all the things they see. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah it's like, if you think about it scientifically, they wouldn't know that because stars drift of, you know, uh. As, uh what, what's that referred to? Also,
1: the constellations are relative to our, the position to, to the planet <laughs> well, that yeah. you're on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't yeah. make
2: any sense why Cobalt would see that. So it doesn't. That's why I, I wanted to do a quick pitch for a film rescue for the end of the show when we get to the very end. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, how would we fix uh, this thing? <laughs> right. Well, yeah. I, like <laughs> I know how I would <laughs> fix it. I'll just pitch it now. Uh, just planet. Of the it a- is. It, a- it, it's fast. Just planet. Oh, sorry. Planet good. of the Apes. They get there and it's the future, and it's like, oh yeah, Earth was destroyed. They made it there and uh yeah. it's just Planet of the Apes. And there's maybe like remnants of old human civilization that have evolved and now they have new humans there, along with the old style of humans. And it's kind of like the Cylons and humans, and it's kinda of like they're interacting with each other. And it's like it's
1: don't, don't they do that in the first place though? Don't they like in season four they go to like the burned out husk of what was actually Earth? No, I'm talking about I'm then...
2: not talking about like like the original. I'm talking about like when they get to our Earth.
1: Right, but I'm saying like it, I, they would need to do something to make it more dis. Like the part of the problem is they just like kind of find Earth. Um, they just kind of find it, yeah, yeah, and that it's, you know, like not that interesting a story. Like they spend too. Wait, much time so they, they kind of find uh, Earth,
0: but he's like talking about Earth at the end of uh... the
1: the Earth that they originally
2: find in the episode ten of season four. They have a crane shot where they where they go up and over, and it's actually New York. It is literally just the New York skyline, and it's just been destroyed by nuclear devices. It's just blown away, uh, and so they just like they just pile back in the ship. Like, all right, that's it. Let's keep moving. <laughs> Yep. so they earth, just
1: earth is dead fuck yeah and then they they keep moving on and it's supposed to be like this big bummer which you know actually honestly would have been a perfectly fine situation itself but what i'm saying is yeah, like originally kind of that was going to
2: be thing. the ending because the writer strike was happening if they didn't get back to work on time they would have been like well they made it to earth and it's really really bad bye thank yeah. you for coming <laughs> shit that sounds like the
0: end of that alien uh the original pitch for uh alien four <laughs>
1: yeah Yeah, so so ultimately, like that kind of killed the ability for them to go to Earth. And at the end of the series, they uh, they find a proto Earth, like like, and it's revealed to be our Earth, just like super far back in time. And that they interbreed, which is like, you know, it's like one like whatever human drift one hundred one kind of situation. Like the it's like oh, this is why Neanderthal DNA is in humanity. Like whatever, like it's not interesting
2: they should have just gotten there and it would be like our earth, but it's 150,000 years in the future. And maybe like, there's the slightest shades of old current day civilization there
1: still. Well, but the other part of it is that they spend too much time. I honestly they spend any time on Earth like after finding it is is too much. Like it's yeah. it's um what was the Battlestars sequel series? Uh like the Battlestar nineteen eighty four where they, oh, they come to our earth 19, in our time. Yeah, nineteen eighty or nineteen eighty. Yeah. yeah. Like where they like come to our earth and it's actually our earth and they have like rocket ships and stuff. Yeah. And they're just like space people with like modern day humans. Um that would have been terrible. And doing a series about that would have been bad. Like yeah. they spend like 30 minutes of like the two hour finale on like, pr- like ancient earth. And there's, there's no need, like there's no story that you need to tell. Yeah. We just know that like, oh, they found earth. And then like, it should be, they found the river Valley, you know, like, and now they're tr- trudging through and there's resources and they lived happily ever after. We didn't need any more story to it. And the same would happen if they found a shitty earth or a post apocalyptic earth, having, having any time spent there opens them up for us being like, well, wait, wait, what the fuck? Like, yeah. there it, it's too much room to breathe there. Like that should have just been a dramatic moment, and then the show's over. Yeah,
2: and the <laughs> fact that it's just God that just leads them there. Literally, God steps in and just like also whoop, yes, yeah, mm, uh, uh, yes, I, I cheated and I moved the chess piece to the other side of the board. <laughs> but
1: is it Zeus or is it God? Who
2: cares? <laughs> Damn! Oh <I'm>, my God! <laughs> right. I mean, that's even that's even pointed out of like when Angel Six and Angel Baltar are, like discussing, and then um, uh, uh. Just caprica six yeah, but, caprica six goes uh that too uh, that two was in god's plan and then baltar goes uh you know it doesn't like it when you call him that <laughs>
1: it's like uh, yeah the, the series like all of this is space to exist in sci-fi series like we uh, also you know, like that's the
2: ab- problem it abandons the sci-fi after the third season
1: damn right it's be, just th- it's
2: just too religion shit
1: baltar becomes the head of a cult I don't mind him being the head of a cult. I mind that the cult actually has religious power. <laughs> like, yeah, that is weird. Wait, so They're like odd. like
0: religious power as in over people or in as in like it, access to it, 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 mystical uh, things? It,
1: I don't know if I can explain this one in this time. And I know we've explained a lot so far. Yeah. Like the, the angels start becoming active participants in the story in season yeah. three. <laughs> and music starts playing in people's heads. And by music, I mean this, like, actually a pretty good cover of Jimi Hendrix, but like, yeah, uh, it's Bob. Well, Bob Dylan, or, or all Bob Dylan, but you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: this sounds very silly. This, this,
2: I, <laughs> I will say, the season three finale is kind of is kind of good, despite the you know, when when uh Starbuck just shows up again and just says, "I've been to Earth and I know where it is. I'm gonna take us there," and just pulls out all from the battle that they're going in. It, and it exits the galaxy, flips the galaxy around and goes in and there's our earth. But the problem is when you look at that earth, it's covered in lights. It's like implying there's civilization right. there. Oh, they changed this. They changed the plan because they rewrote the back half of the season during the writer's strike. Thanks guys. Right.
1: It is it bad. <laughs> was a bad choice. Like, <laughs> And, and, like, it's a similar situation to Lost and a similar situation to Game of Thrones, where it's a strong start because they have a lot of good ideas of how they want to present a thing, but not necessarily great ideas about how they want to wrap it yeah, up. Yeah. Um, and While we're on the subject
2: like, of J.J. Abrams, I would like to go a little bit into the Star Wars finale of Rise of Skywalker and not having a plan.
1: <laughs> also there. Um, <laughs> I'll do I it. That I'll, that I'll is- fucking do it. <laughs>
2: Seth, don't kill yourself. We have one more film rescue for the season. Don't do it yet.
1: <laughs> but I, I would say in terms I know. of setting up a series, yeah. Yeah. Battlestar Galactica as a as, as a soft pilot and as a uh, a refutation of the science fiction norms that had been coming out at that time, mm-hmm. yeah, does a really good job of of all of that, and it's allowed to do it because it uses. Battlestar Galactica as a property um, yeah. because it's using an established one where it's like, we can get money for it. We've got like nods to it. People are going to tune into it because it's a reference to this thing. But it's a thing that also was lacking an identity of its own. in, in a lot of ways, like everyone knew what Cylons looked like because they have such a cool distinct visual, but who really knew that they were actually like the robot servants of a reptilian race. That's out there. Yeah. Like, they abandoned that. <laughs> yeah. They, they got rid of like all these like superfluous elements of the original that were just, you know, there because it was trophy seventy sci-fi cashing in on the Star Wars craze. Right, like it wasn't enough of its own property that it could be redefined, and it had a lot of cool looks. Like the original Battlestar Galactica looks really goddamn close to what we see in this. The it the model for this one is actually like a bit smoother, but the one for the Pegasus is is, is almost identical. Mm, yeah, that's, to it. that's so like,
2: based on the original Battlestar. It, the, it's the sort of plati- really good. Looking. The platypus on skis kind of thing.
1: Yeah. It's really good looking in terms of being like what a battleship in space would look like, yep. and the Vipers, and we have to talk about the Vipers. Mm. My favorite so ship design. So fucking cool.
2: My favorite ship design. Right. Absolute favorite Starfighter design. How do we not
0: have like a thousand Battlestar Galactica Starfighter games? Like that would be so fun. We have a couple. There's a really a good one on Xbox. Oh yeah.
1: Um, that was uh, the, yeah. It was based now on it, the it's old original. Be- yeah. It's yeah. based on the old series, but it it's got it's a dogfight ship. Yep. Situation, yeah. which is such a great thing. I have I, it. It's I, upstairs. I, I have it. Yeah, it's it's I, good. I gotta sit right over here. It's it's really good. Um, like it is like that. It is such a a um a perfect version of like the World War ii fighter pilot kind of situation. The launch tubes are so goddamn cool. Oh, yeah. Like use like yeah. the, the realistic physics with it all. Like Starbuck as just like this hotshot pilot is such a good element of it all. The fact that we're using bullets and like mm. the missiles are mi- are missiles when there are missiles. So cool. And like like and and the way that they actually have to use math and they have to be like okay we have to stay out of like the the space that galactica is just fucking shooting shit uh and they're doing stuff with like dog fights that like like uh we, we you know we referenced like space above and beyond we referenced uh, babylon 5 all of these are doing new types of ways of doing space fights yeah. in a in a TV show and and just in general but this one really like leaned into it because that was such that was one of the things that was part of the original show that had an identity mm-hmm. like, the Vi- like the viper like the viper 2 is the Viper from the original show. And I like that they have like the more updated Vipers that are the ones that are failing and they get a couple of them that are fixed. And once the Pegasus joins, it becomes like a bigger part of the fleet, but it's like, here's here is like a bunch of like world war two planes. And we're going to put them against like the most advanced drone fighters of the modern era. And let's see how that, how that goes guys. It's going to be really exciting. Like, like it is difficult to articulate in a lot of fiction that is really driven by like this kind of concept of like hero vessels or hero, like great man history kind of stuff. Like, Star Trek doesn't have fighters. Right. Right. And like star Wars doesn't have heavy ships. Like you've got your X-wing fleets that lead in, but you very rarely have like, here's a full battleship. And when you do, it's like, it's, they're kind of in the background. Yeah. They're not yeah, like yeah. Akbar's there and it's cool, but he's not like a big part of the, like the third death star, or pardon me, the second death star fight, the third movie, uh like kind of fight. The fact that the battle star is a big participant, which again is new to this series. And then you've got the, the, you know, the aircraft carrier component, like, and that we're going to really capture that and really like, like make that this, this cool element of, again, this very noble part of the story mm-hmm. where like the Battlestar is the defender or the Battlestar Galactica, the, the Galactica is the defender of the last of humanity of like, wh- what is it? 5,000 people, like 50,000, 50,000 people, like a, a bottleneck of, of humanity so tight that even if they found a planet tomorrow they wouldn't necessarily have enough breeding pairs to repopulate the planet yeah like we're it is that tight of a of a a population like you know like whatever like the inflated numbers of the toba catastrophe aside like it was still like a hundred thousand breeding pairs right like (laughs) or, or more like you know like we're like even in the most apocalyptic ones like none of them were like you know, some people like exaggerated to 10,000, but like a hundred thousand was like kind of what we're like the most cataclysmic version of like, Oh, almost all of humanity was wiped out at this moment or almost all the cheetahs, which is why they all are so prone to disease (laughs) wiped out by this genetic bottom. Right. This is that, (laughs) but worse. And they're at war against a superior foe. Yeah. The odds are not in their favor. (laughs) No, no. And so it is so noble to be on the Battlestar Galactica because Every single person there is doing their part to sur- to keep humanity alive. And so, like, even if you're just a fucking janitor, like, it's, it's depressing as hell, and after a while, it's going to grate on you. But at the same time, you're doing a goddamn job. Right. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's one thing that's pointed out in the, uh, the first Lucy Lawless episode. Was it Final Cut, where she's a news reporter? A news reporter. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise! She's a Cylon. Um, but yeah. Cylon. But, yeah, but there's a moment where it's like, they're reporting about how no one in the Galactica has tried to resign from their position, despite the fact they're already, like, so deep into the war. Like, no one's asked to resign. Because it's like, well, where are you going to go? Yeah. What are we going to do? <laughs> what, mm-hmm. what What would you do? You would just sit in the fleet and do nothing. <laughs> just wait until you maybe died or made it to the next civilization. So, Hopefully. Yeah, no one's asked. To... <laughs> yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. But, yeah, the, uh, the miniseries really delves into the fact that even at the end of humanity, there's still th- that less glimmer of hope. Like the the uh, the saying that came from Eddie G- Edward James almost. Uh, so say we all. Apparently, he just made that up. Yeah, apparently that was not in the script. Apparently, where he just mm-hmm. said so say we all. That was apparently just made up by like, Edward James almost. Oh wow. <laughs>
1: apparently, yeah. it was
2: just it was just made up on the spot, and they were just kind of went with it.
1: Or at least his like crying out and getting them going for it. Getting them have going had, like, for it. Yeah, they yeah. might have had the, the the priest like saying it as part of like you know just your generic yeah, but i mean like his and I mean, then like, like his
2: chanting it was like getting the. yeah him, him's
1: like yeah like saying it like building it up he's such he's such a good fucking skull oh, like yeah. he's such a like this like him as the commander and like you know like one thing that he did invent in in this was like take when they do the comm system it's like a telephone and he flips yep. it upside down because he doesn't give a shit if anyone says anything back to him he is yep. just talking into it as a microphone because it's such a strong performance yep. like there this whole piece is is brought together like there's all these great ideas but like they have a fantastic cast they have such cool design it it feels so tangible and real and it was doing something so fresh from what sci-fi was doing especially on tv and but even in the movies like it it had been a long time since 2001 space yeah 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 there's there yeah there have been like niche like like hard sci-fi things, but usually they're not like on this scale. Usually, it's not about a fleet of ships that feel like real ships. Like it's no surprise that like Colonial One feels like a plane that we've all been on. Like yeah. just like not even like that much of a like a weird like like. It's just the Air know. Force
2: One. It's just the Air Force. Yeah,
1: One. I mean, it's supposed to be Air Force One, but it's like honestly, like. It, it's more just like a regular kind of like, pa- like, you know, small passenger yeah. plane, like pr- yeah. private plane that you can hire kind of situation. Like it's not that well stocked. And like, there's so many ships that are, are, you know, like these interesting designs that are like playing on like all the different types of vessels that you might find at sea or find in the air or all these things that have iconography that you can look at and be like, oh, I see that. And it's in space. Right. Yeah. 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 It, you know, it feels real. It felt cool. It was really fresh at the time. Yeah. And
2: every sci-fi show after this copied it. Also, I want to note that the last before we wrap up, uh, this uh, ate up all the budget of Sci-Fi Channel at the time. Really? Oh (laughs) my god! I bet because uh, all the shows that surrounded Battlestar, there was like, was it Warehouse 13, Eureka? There was that Flash Gordon show that lasted for like a season. (laughs) Mm It's like all of them looked cheap as dirt. And it's because all the money was being funneled to Battlestar because it was always over budget. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you can see it in like the light, la- like the later season, you're like,
1: yep, they went over mm-hmm.
2: budget. You can see it. And that's why every single show now costs like 20 million an episode.
1: Minimum. I mean, it, it was a victim of its own petard. It, ultimately, like it's not so much in the miniseries because the miniseries was shot on film. Yeah. But when they get to the, when they get to the series, um it's all they, digital. they were shooting in digital and they were shooting in hd and mm-hmm. all of a sudden they actually had to have higher like texture quality than what they had in the mini oh, wow. had to, like redo a lot of like props and set pieces those toaster
2: models do not look good now <laughs> they do not well look good. Th- that
1: that's the cgi part but i'm talking about the actual set stuff like what they were oh, filming yeah. didn't yeah. look good enough and so they had to like do redo all these assets just to like be up to snuff for this like burgeoning technology yeah so like it it was inflating a budget in a way that like sci-fi hadn't had to have that expense before yeah
0: it's like going I mean, back like and, tv didn't have that yeah, expense yeah yeah what a risk you
2: know
1: yeah overall. go back
2: go go watch the blu-ray v- versions of uh star trek next generation you'll see all the imperfections on the set yeah <laughs> yeah or like you'll the see coffee the, stains on their shirts and stuff the, <laughs> the screws that are in the set on the consoles like ah, look right <laughs> yeah it's, yeah
1: Oh, but we deal with this like, I, I, like again. I work on Star Trek fan films. Like we deal with this all the time because we're shooting in fucking 8K. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah.
2: Got to cover it all up. Yeah,
1: yeah. But yeah,
2: I know. I know we dunked on this show a lot in this in this episode, but I want to say it's still probably one of the best shows ever made, and one, probably one of the most important shows. So much got ripped off from this show. Mm. Like the Expanse wouldn't exist without this. Last Jedi yeah. wouldn't exist without this. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. The way in which you shoot digital effects would not exist without this and everybody says oh well no one was watching the show in the later seasons well if you look at the way that they gauged that the nielsen ratings with how they were gauging that no one was watching it as normal time because it was in a terrible time slot yeah Mm -hmm. but because of time shifting which they weren't counting at the time now that's normal because everything's just like streaming and on demand right if you counted that it was one of the highest watched shows of all time damn people people were watching it was just not when it was airing on television
1: right like dvr was a thing at this point TiVo was a thing TiVo on demand was a thing at this point and the dvds were a big thing like this is a series that had one of like those big webs web series like the same you know like the way the office did where it was like like show level quality just for like snippets because like we you know we just hadn't figured out like regular streaming yet like this is all the, like, this was such a prestige show that so many people were talking about. Like yeah. if you look at the actual ratings for the finale, it's like match. Yeah. 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 It's huge. It's
2: huge. Yeah. Uh Before we wrap, wrap up, I want to point out one thing. Uh, Richard Hatch, uh, late Richard Hatch, who was uh, Apollo in the original series, he shows up as a character in the new series. He plays Tom Zarek, kind of like a Che Guevara revolutionary type. He was adamantly against this remake, and then they just said, yeah. well, you want a job? And he said, yes, I do. <laughs> Talk about an olive branch. <laughs> yeah, I will say his arc in that series, when they get to the uh, the kind of takeover of the Galactica in the fourth season, is really fucking good. Oh, right. Yeah,
1: he, they do interesting stuff with him. Like, yeah. the characters have interesting arcs. Um, yeah, yeah.
2: Every character yeah. got an interesting arc, I mean, except for Starbuck, who
1: just comes back for no reason. And Apollo in the last two seasons. Uh, all right. I think that's it. <laughs> but
2: yeah, it's like, I know we dumped them, as they said. Do you feel, do uh, you understand why I like this show so much now?
0: I You know, I do. And and I almost expected it going into it. I don't know if you've ever seen the Portlandia episode where they get addicted. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
2: where Ron Moore shows up as the character. He's like, and somebody's like, have you ever watched this show? He's like, no. Is it good? <laughs> yes. That is literally Ron Moore. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh,
0: that, I, I knew I was in for it. And so I... I Like sitting down to watch it, I was I I was definitely seeing why this was high on your list. This definitely, uh, honestly, I want more stuff like this. Like, it feels like this is kind of a gap in our in our film area right now. Where like I I feel like the only time the expanse, the expanse, yeah, like the just battles, the expanse is it. But like, where are the movies in this kind of harder edged? you know battle sci-fi w- without going into like a I, red
1: box you know what i mean like like that might be the next wave frankly. Dude, I, I, I feel like the last like the, the mcu is is kind of a counter response to this one where we get into some more fanciful kind of elements of it like yeah. it's military washed like it's it's you know like there was there's a reason iron man and the the incredible hulk were the, like the launch of the yeah. mcu yeah where it's like here here's war machines and steroids and we can explain that really easily and like you know like the, the choice of which characters was very deliberate in terms of that, but it still is ultimately this much more escapist kind of fantasy kind of setting. And you, and you know, in terms of like the sci-fi stuff, guardians of the galaxy where it's yeah. like, Let, let's, let's be weird. Let's, let's not be realistic. Let's have yeah. all the crazy shit out there. And there I'm sure will be a backswing at some point, but like at, at the moment it was the, you know, the re- the return of star Wars and the return of, of the high adventure in space kind of part when you do sci-fi Yeah. Um, and this this was the other end, and it shows that like you can en- really enjoy both ends.
2: Yeah. We'll see what happens with Rebel Moon.
1: <laughs> do yeah. I mean, how do
0: you feel about the first half of a bug's life being turned into a whole movie?
2: <laughs> I I've never seen a bug's life, so I couldn't tell you.
1: <laughs> I mean, we're just do you so you were talking about just seven samurais but the first Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, seven samurai the
2: first act. Yeah. It's like or the yeah. um, the other example is um uh not not what is it? Fuck, I just had it on the tip of my tongue.
1: Well, I do have a counterpoint for Seth while you while you're thinking. Yeah, um like Denny Villeneuve is like a good counterpoint. Like Dune and and Blade Runner 2049 are yeah, both Dune. like excellent like companion pieces to this in terms of like here is like some realistic, like kind of gothic level of like sci-fi horror yeah, of of it all where it's like here's these massive structures of like where humanity has become so small and and insectile in this in this world like that's what BST is doing where they're but they're all on the ship in this in this scenario it's like well the ships don't even matter the worlds are just like so oppressive and you're you're just such a tiny little cog
0: no i and and i i hear you on that too i think the those are especially H- vianu as a director is a great representation of like this as as the edge of what i like it doesn't quite fall into this military battle complex though like i like that this is mm-hmm. dogfights and sea battles and like your new stuff is very like character driven and character based like they're like it's ground. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I, like
2: yeah. I, that was why i was going to mention warhammer when they really get that tv yeah. show yeah well,
0: i could see yeah. warhammer feeling this the fallout show is is definitely going to have some some feelings of similarity here just for having the more futuristic battle hardened setting i'm just yeah i I'd, I'd like to see some more um you know military battles in space kind of as a as a harder edge, not you know, not um the more Disney end of it. It's I you know yeah. Master and Commander yeah. in space, please, is what I'm asking for, I guess. Yeah.
2: They they kind of got there with some of the new Star Trek shows a little bit. I think Discovery kinda did that for a bit, but that kinda goes against what Star Trek is. Yeah. <laughs> so but yeah, I was like, you know, so like yeah, I mean, it was like, it was the Discovery season two, where it's that giant fucking battle where the two ships are inverted to each other, and it's just like it's just like a fucking ugh, God, I hate that shit so much. <laughs> Yeah, I, I hate. I, like I said, I
1: I think that we're just kind of at a different end of the spectrum. Like we as a culture, yeah. like the the milit like like what because there is a military propaganda component of it. Like oh yeah, and, and like e- even if it is a a dissection of a lot of that, like that component is one that we you need to be in a a certain mode and like you and part of that mode is the creative Mm. mode like it's hard to write that in a period where we are kind of disgusted by some of the the militarization of the state that we exist in so like that it's it's hard to even make the piece even if the piece is ultimately like a uh a, a dissection and condemnation of the society that it is a part of like the society that we are a part of now, much more creatively, we are acknowledging like, yeah, we can't have like rah rah cops and rah rah military guys, and like yeah. it just it feels kind of gross yeah. to write. And like I'm sure that'll shift as we have like different situations, but you need to have a new take on it where it's yeah. going to feel dynamic and interesting and fresh, and not just feel like I feel kind of dirty yeah. looking yeah. at it. Yeah. Like, uh, so you know we'll see where we where we get, and like I, you know I don't, I'm not necessarily like like it's the weird juxtaposition of like. I love this. I hate the culture that produced yeah. it.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, there's talk of that new Battlestar pilot that's supposed to be in development right now. I'd so check out new
0: Battlestar. This feels like it could yeah. take visual touch-ups anytime.
2: But I don't know what you do. It's like they were talking about doing, like there was supposed to be a series that took place after the end of the last episode where the Cylons came back and they land on Earth and that never really got made because the plan rode the, ran it into the pavements. So there was talk about that. That didn't get made. There was, there was the prequel, Caprica, which nobody liked, and then there was uh, supposed to be a TV show, Blood and Chrome, which then just got turned into a movie, and it was like, that was it for Battlestar.
1: Yeah. Now
2: there's talk of doing another series. Originally, Brian Singer was going to produce it, and then all that shit about him came out, and he dropped out. Yikes. But, yeah, so there's been talk of doing this for a long, long time, but it's like, what do you do now? You've done the goofy, silly space opera stuff, and you've done the militaristic oh. stuff. There's no...
1: There's no middle. I got a counterpoint. No, I I yes. I yeah, Mass
0: Effect. Oh, Mass Effect. Like, like oh, Mass yeah. Effect,
1: I think, is doing the same. I mean, it's obviously inspired totally. by this in a in a lot of ways. Um, uh, but I think it's doing it in a new it, it what where it works is yeah it's embracing like all sci-fi because it's also very lensman so it's like very space opera as well Uh, but it's you're controlling the characters and you're kind of shaping it to the the version you want you can have it be much more like like energetic high adventure and you can have it be much more gritty realistic based on your decisions and this type of story you're trying Mm -hmm. to build out so that exists as an option in all versions of that including andromeda but like there's a new one coming out and like, we've got just got the legendary edition. And I think that's doing that kind of a story. It's just it, it media skipped.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the way it is now. It's like, Every generation gets a new version of the old thing.
0: Well, and like, I could even take a new take on it, like, m- along the lines of what the creator wanted to talk about with like, what if there were good Cylons? What if there was an internal, yeah. you know, dispute amongst the Cylons about like, hey, actually, maybe this isn't ethical and maybe we can work alongside like. Uh, Seth,
2: that's Yeah, they do it. Season four. Season uh, no. Four, there's a and of and of two. A war. And, and like, <laughs> the there's whole, literally the a Cylon Civil War.
1: Like the the whole new caprica thing is because they try to be nice. Oh,
0: well, mm. see, I yeah. like I dig that. I I dig that kind of yeah. uh yeah. maybe maybe you go but, deeper into that. Maybe you t- talk about a world where the, it where there are like uh uh Cylons within the Battlestar forces that they trust. You know what I mean? Like like kind of a ongoing yeah 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 because yeah.
1: yeah. like, yeah, they do they deal with like some of that in the show but the show just kind of like ends too quickly for it to like there's a really yeah. cool like Cylon squad that works with yeah. them uh that they, that like there's like great scenes of them doing like hand signals and stuff which is like I thought was like actually like really fun where yeah, like yeah. they're working as military units but it's like only in the last like two or three episodes where it's like really a part mm. of the show. Um which kind of sucks. Like it's again, like the show had like good moments throughout the whole time, uh, even up to and including the finale. And so like, that's kind of a bummer that like it, it just didn't quite get it right. Like, I wouldn't say it failed just as bad as game of Thrones, but it's pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but in both scenarios there, there are moments that are like, Oh, I could see how this could be better. And like game of Thrones, we can hold on to the books as like an idea of like, Oh, that might do it right. Um, (laughs) <laughs> that might give it a film rescue or an, a, another pass. If yep, that
2: last uh, book ever <laughs> fucking comes out,
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, but 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 I will say that the show has so much going for it that it's hard not to look fondly and not to like take new things looking at mm, it, like yeah. rewatching New Caprica. In our current conversation about Gaza is going to yeah. be a really weird experience. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because it is literally doing that and like trying to be like, well, this is why some of your friends who are like really good people support Israel, even though they're murdering people. Like, yeah, that because th- they have that conversation in there with the Cylons who are sympathetic and you actually kind of start to like. Yeah. And then, but they're at wow. the same time the reason the worst things happen to people because they're like, they're kind of like splitting this and not like, yeah. It, it the show is really interesting. There's, a lot of stuff that's too complicated and too complex, especially for this era of TV, but like, it's just too complex for like a limited group mm-hmm. of writers. Cause it was probably a lot of white people like to do a really good version yeah. of it ultimately and be nuanced enough. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: honestly, I could, uh, I, I, I could take a version where if, if we want to do a less white centric version of it, have like a battleship for some of the different, um, continents, you know what I mean, of of Earth, and then you could have like maybe a slight Afrofuturism spin on one of the ships. You could, you know, kind of like maybe dial up some of the the more visual aspects of your series uh, instead of trying to like you know retread some of the, the... they kind of they kind of yeah. delve into. That but I that guess. is a s-
2: yeah. Go. The Pegasus is based around one of the uh, each each uh, colony has its own fleet. basically. Yeah, yeah, and each each. Each planet has its own like group of people that represent that ethnicity. Like the Taurons are kinda like was it uh is it uh Greco Roman, I believe is what it hmm. is. Well,
1: yeah, I mean it's Michelle Forbes specifically, so it's that sort of like uh, Well, I mean, in in, like, in
2: the prequel Caprica it says that the uh, Tarons are mainly Greco Roman.
1: Oh. Yeah. yeah it like but the but it is a super narrow line to walk before you get into like oh well here's all the black people ship which is yeah be a very uncomfortable situation yeah uh, uh it, even if it is done well it's like a lot to let unpack. alone if it is done poorly because it could be done very very poorly Sure, so, <laughs> like that that's just like it like do how where do you go on that one and like this writing staff which again like i don't know everyone who was working on it but i know enough people who are working on it to be like yeah this is kind of like white people who are fairly woke talking about some of the issues during a very like militaristic yeah yeah uh and like how how much you know can we give them uh could be worse could be better could 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 be a lot worse uh (laughs) yeah (laughs) like we'll give them flack it didn't it didn't all land but i i think overall like it's a piece that i'm really happy to look back at and like i i like i loved it i was so happy that like to go back and look at this thing and be like, this is so fucking cool. And I felt so, it felt like I, like I can remember watching it with friends where I'm like, you got to fucking see this thing. It's so goddamn good. And like having that sentiment be shared and like people just being like, like it gets your heart. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. In a way that has a lot of like that fuck yeah energy. And like, it's hard to explain that if you haven't seen it. Yeah.
2: The scene I was thinking of is when, um, when Adama is told that uh, Hilo and uh, Teal are going to be executed for stopping Boomer's rape, and uh, Michelle Forbes is going to execute them publicly, and he just says, "I want a Marine strike team ready to to attack the Pegasus right away," <laughs> <laughs> and, and <clears throat> that music that's playing is just like, just like it's just like it's just this militaristic porn. It's like yeah, fuck yeah! yeah! It's it's the oh. ultimate fuck yeah! When the when the Galactica and the Pegasus literally turn at each other ready to fucking shoot. It's just like, oh, this is fucking awesome. Wild. Yeah. That's probably uh, one of the best episodes of the entire show. Like hands down. Like not not the best arc, but that one episode mm-hmm. is just yeah, fucking it, great.
1: It's up there with like a best of both worlds from Star Trek kind of yes. kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Um uh so I know we we have to wrap, but I yeah. will say that we've said music several times we should say bear mccreary, bear McCreary. Like he and ronald d moore uh have teamed up at Sen so that like so much so when i was like trying to listen to a lot of music for yeah. uh, from battle i was listening to a lot of outlander mm. music uh um, because it was just like all mixed <laughs> in because it's him uh bear mccreary does some amazing tracks and it is a great mix of this like folky kind of music but also with this intense war stuff yeah and it is really well done uh they they really nail just like so much of what they're trying to go for vibe wise, like like everything about the show is just very well done. The miniseries is such a, a perfect encapsulation of that, of the promise of the series and the series is off to a great start. And it, it does stumble. But man, when it is hitting its highs, it is hitting its highs so hard and it hits so many highs in the yeah, first two seasons. yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, when uh, Bear McCreary is well known, I think a lot for uh, video game music at this point. He did the most recent God of War games. Oh, okay. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, he's known for that. He did the Walking. He did the Walking Dead scores. Like he's one of the best composers right now. He's one of the best. He's very well, very well well respected in the community uh, right now. Damn, nice. Yeah. So yeah, there's uh that's Battlestar. Twenty years. It's uh it's got its problems. Uh, I would say the ending kind of sucks. Just headcanon that it's a that it's a Planet of the Apes ending, and it fixes a lot of problems. <laughs> uh, it fixes a lot of problems. <laughs> it's not the past. It's the future. It fixes a lot of problems. Uh, so yeah. I'm glad you finally got to see this, Seth. Uh, does it make Last Jedi look even worse by comparison?
0: Uh, I definitely see how how much better it could have been. Some if uh, the Empire had mm-hmm. been a little more cold calculating and evil, uh, like the Cylons. Yeah.
2: What if it was like the ships were like constantly having to like go to warp for like five seconds just to go off in various directions, and they just keep catching up to them like every five seconds? So they have to keep going and going. They burn out the engines, and they're constantly having to repair them over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. That would add tension, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Again, that's the interesting part about Empire Strikes Back, like where they keep on having issues with their their uh, they're constantly ideology. having engine problems. Yes.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yep. See, it's it's like it's like poetry. It's like they rhyme. Each stanza rhymes with the last <laughs> one. <laughs> Hopefully, it'll work.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, meanwhile, in terms of this episode, there must be some way out of here.
2: <laughs> oh God. Yeah. When they bring in that that song, it's like it's a good cover, but it's like why why is it?
1: Here? <laughs> well. Never explain. Uh, guys,
2: Never explain. But yeah, no, that's it. No. That, we're not yeah. not even gonna get into it. No. Uh the more we speculate, the more the less it makes sense.
1: <laughs> I am so happy to be talking about this with you all. This was such a great <laughs> chat. I yeah. this was a lot of fun. Like I, I really enjoyed the series and just thinking about it and it's like I oh, was just thinking about stuff. Like it it's such a fun series to look yeah, at.
0: Yeah, uh, Merry yeah. Merry Christmas, everybody. This is uh, a little sci fi treat for us to end the year.
2: Yeah, some good, hard sci-fi for the first three seasons. Right.
1: <laughs> also, fuck, I'm old. <laughs> 20 yeah, years, like, God. When I, when I, when I saw
2: it was 20th anniversary, I was like, oh, God damn it. I literally just felt my hair turning to turn gray. I was like, Yeah, fuck. it was that
1: Matt Damon from Pri- Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, God. Heard. Oh, man. All right. I think
2: we've had enough for tonight. Thank you, guys, so much. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Merry Christmas. (laughs) So say we all. So say we all.